Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and elders who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. Today, we're talking to the remarkable intuitive media coach, Jenny Moon. After going through that gut-wrenching pain that results in our deepest growth, it always does, Jenny ended up in New York City producing for Mel Robbins for 10 years. And since then, she's been a media coach with top thought leaders and influencers. And she's here today teaching you how to convey your core message and establish your authority as an expert and empower you to make momentous changes and even small ones. She's going to teach you how to tap into your own creative flow and shine your own inner light, how you can be the creative speaker and influencer that you've always imagined. Get ready to have raving fans the way Jannie already does. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Jannie Moon. Yay. Thank you. That was lovely, Lauren. So appreciate that. I know you've overcome a lot. Yeah, no, I'm so excited that you're here. First, can you explain what a media coach does and what you just what you do as a media coach? Totally. So oftentimes people don't even know media coach. What does that mean? Do you do social media? What is it? I usually like to say that I'm a connection communication coach because my job is to help you connect more deeply to your own inner truth and message and to your audience and to build community and to be able to communicate that what I believe we all have a divine message to share with the world more articulately, clearly and joyfully. Yeah, I always thought we are we each have our own unique handprint, so to speak, that nobody can give the message that you were brought here to bring. We that our own unique message. And you on your I don't know if it's your website or whatever, it says that you combine tough with spiritual. So how do you do that? Yeah. Well, because I am a little bit different than some of the media coaches that I know that are my comrades in this field. In that, you know, I am very, my number one passion before even media coaching is helping the world become more conscious, conscious humans, right? Conscious with our communication, with the way we treat each other, with the way we treat the planet. And just media coaching is a piece of that, right? Like being able to share your message is a part of that. And, you know, that's why I love working with thought leaders and people who are aligned with trying to serve and make the world a better place. I know that sounds cheesy, but if we are in this world together and we need to make, you know, the world needs help and stewardship. So yeah, I very much align to that. So how does somebody get to know what, like, you think you know what your message is, but you're not sure. And do people confuse like that to you? Or are they like, oh, I yeah. just want more people to know me? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I get people at all stages of their media journey. When people are just like little seedlings, you know, they're just like little babies in this space. And they're just really trying to figure out what business are trying to do, what service or gift or offerings they're trying to give to the world, we usually start with their story. Because I really believe, just like you said, the little, the the hand imprint, you know, I believe that we have gone through the most difficult, heroic experiences in our lives to help teach us things so that we can teach others. And those are indicators of things that we can do. They're indicators as to what our purpose is tied to in a line to. 
So we start there. If people are like a blank slate and they're like, I don't know what my message, I don't even know what to do. Well, I'm like, tell me your life story. Tell me the hardest things you've ever gone with. I like, just tell me the most painful things you've ever gone through in your entire life. That's where we start. Like go for the jugular right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then that's a very good segue into when you were 28. Here you are, yeah. arm candy for your husband, the doctors. It all look, probably looked good on the outside. You're in this sexless marriage and totally. trying to make everything look good on the outside and your sister's killed and your husband leaves. Same yeah. I mean, Same that's day. like the universe Same needed day. to get through to you really, really good. You, you needed a real two by four, I guess. Totally. And you know, the irony, and some people may think this is crazy, Lauren, but I remember telling close girlfriends of mine in my early 20s, I was like, there's going to be a day coming up that's going to change my life forever. I just feel it coming. I feel it. And it's like my body knew, you know, it's like that. It's that like past, present, future time continuum. Like my future self knew, yo, this is coming and it's going to really kick your butt. And it did. It was, I... And God bless my parents. I mean, they, you know, I know we all have stuff around our parents, but, you know, growing up, you know, my Korean mother was like, Johnny, you marry doctor or lawyer. And it was just like programmed into my mind. It wasn't be, you be a doctor or lawyer. It was you marry a doctor or lawyer. And like, before, I mean, I don't even realize, like I married a doctor and we were in a sexist marriage because so many women suffer from low libido, from trauma, you know, from sexual trauma, things that aren't even talked about because it's so taboo in this life. And he had several affairs, you know, I was completely shut down. And that's your creative center. Like our yonis, what I like to say, our womb space, that is our creative centers. And if those are shut down, how are we letting that energy flow through our body so that we can create in the world? But I was completely shut down. And there was a day where, yes, he left and my sister was killed and it just spun me into a total spiritual awaken awakening because I'd never experienced so much pain, so much trauma in my entire life. And there is a defining moment where after the funeral, because I was on a high, I don't know, you know, all of you who are listening, sometimes when you, someone's died and you have a funeral, you end up like getting this adrenaline and you're almost like a superhero. You're like on a high and you feel so much love from everyone. You're like pumped up with so much love. You're able to get through it. It's the month after, it's the two months after, it's the three months after you've experienced that loss that where you like really need the support because that's when you hit rock bottom because you don't have all those people around you. You know, you've, you've gone through the ceremony and you are literally here with the truth of your raw reality. Well, it was that moment where is the day before I was about to get divorced and sign the papers. I looked, I saw a reflection of myself on a, on a TV screen and my fit, I'd lost like was like 97 pounds. I'd lost like so much weight, dark circles. And I was so, I looked so sad and I just didn't even look like myself. And I was like, oh my God, that's the way my sister looked every day of her life because she'd suffered from bipolar disorder, which mental illness is a whole other, you know, Mm -hmm. topic that is so dear to my heart because we all have people that suffer from mental illness. And I realized in that moment that I had just never really even though I was like very extroverted, I didn't know really how to connect with people deeply. Like I couldn't even yeah. hug people. Like it was, I was all show. I was like, yeah, but I couldn't even hug you. Like I would not, that self, that 27 year old self could not hug you, Lauren. Like I was like, I had a lot of safety issues. And, and so the media coaching, you know, and there's a lot of other events that led up to it, but 
you know, so much of this is about creating channels of connection. Like you and I are creating a channel of connection. When we're on Clubhouse, we're creating all these connections with those 50 people in our room. And like in this podcast world, we're creating that, you know, all of these connections. And like, it, they're no different just because it's virtually or, you know, than if we're physically. And that was something I was blocked with, just like my ability to really connect with somebody. And so that's why it's tied to my life purpose, you know, media coaching to my hero's journey story is that I learned how to connect, like create that connection, that spark, that friendship. So how did you do that? How did you because here you are in this devastation. What kind of work did you do to get to where you were open? Because that's what it's about, getting rid of all that crap so that you can be open. Because when that part of me, that heart center of me is talking to that part of you, that's spiritual, that, that's being human. That's well, in a lot of- And that's actually where connection happens. Totally. And a lot of this may be a little taboo for your audience because I, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's been- as I've gotten older and embraces, I have owned this journey. But in the beginning, I was scared to share it because I definitely went on a unconventional path. So when all of that happened, and I was like, I have to heal, I cannot go into the next relationship in a sexless, you know, shut down way, like I have to heal this. And with, you know, within a couple of months, I had a friend say, Hey, why don't you come to this Tantra workshop? And I was like, Tantra, what's that? You know, and there's so many misconceptions about Tantra. You think like group orgies, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I am telling you, it changed my life. Absolute Tantra, which is considered pink Tantra. There is white, pink and red. White is all meditative, which you'll do in like a yoga class. Pink is a little bit more exploratory where you're more in the body. And then red is probably the one where you get, you know, like you're definitely a little bit more in your sexual energy. But the pink Tantra, it was, I remember there was an exercise. It was a yogic exercise where you do like cat cow and you arch your back and you breathe in and you breathe out and you had to, ooh, you had to actually make the sound ooh on the way out. I could not even ooh. My voice was so shut down. I could not even make the sound. I was so ashamed and embarrassed and like, like I was just so like, I couldn't even ooh. And that was a big part of being in a sexist marriage is like, I couldn't tell my husband at the time what I needed. And then he felt wounded and rejected. And it was this vicious cycle and we were immature and we didn't have the communication skills to navigate ourselves out of it. And so just the Tantra was really about connection, was really about, you know, speaking, using your voice, saying what you needed in that moment and just Yeah. So that was huge. And then I also fell into a priestess process with Lisa Michaels out of Atlanta. And it was beautiful. It was with like about 10 women where we initiated into a priestesshood. And I come from three generations of Methodist ministers. You know, I was like, what? I always went to seminary. I'm like, what is this? Like, you know, you know, and I grew up in the South. It's like, just you mentioned the word pagan and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to hell. You know, that kind of thing. And it was just about the priestess is about you just owning that divine feminine power and authority and connection that you have to your inner truth and to spirit. And just being reminded of, it's just being reminded, we all have it, we just have forgotten. And it really is just being reminded of that. So those two were instrumental 
in my healing. And then I'm a big proponent of nonviolent communication, which a lot of people are familiar with, with the late Marshall Rosenberg, who was just a pioneer in mediation. And then I was in a meditation and life was good. I was on the other side of it. I was coming out and, and then I got the call to join the Peace Corps. And so I had three years there. And so that was a huge huge healing and growth for me as well. I was stationed in Vanuatu in the South Pacific. And that was, that's just, it's definitely an honor and a highlight in my life to be able to, to have had that experience. That's amazing. Yeah. And then you came back from the Peace Corps and to New York City. City. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, the transition to New York City was way harder than the transition into I was gonna say, I mean, it's kinda hard to come back from Bali, like the reentry is so like it was. It was like Bali. It was like Bali. You know, it was just so divine and beautiful and pristine and like Hawaii fifty years ago. It was challenging in the beginning. And I started that's how I got a producing gig right off the bat for a media company with Mel. Mel You know, she was just still in her little, you know, she was still, still her determination and work ethic. So consistent. Like she is such an inspiration, just her, like, I've just never seen that drive and motivation, but she was doing radio and I was producer for live radio when she would take calls. And I developed my whole coaching, live coaching formula just from observing what she did. Because I could see when she was doing live coaching, like when she would make a transformation or not, you could hear it. And you, on the phone, when somebody was really transformed and and, uh, patterns and a formula started to come out of that. And so I'm forever grateful to, you know, to Melshi and I wish her all the best because she is just a rock star and just no nonsense and just so honest and real. Yeah. And when you're intuitive and you can really get somebody, then you get to help them anyway. So how do you tap into somebody's core message? Here they are, they're giving you their heart, their story and what's gone on with them. So as I said, first stage is to get their life story. I teach something called Storytell from the Heart where I really believe our lifeline from birth till now looks like a EKG. So like from birth to now, there's like these highs and lows and then there's some really highs and there's some really lows, right? And so I get all of those moments, especially the really low ones to get information on because I do think that, you know, part of our divine blueprint is we chose those really low moments to help us teach what we've learned. And so that is woven into our message and what our purpose is here to do. In addition to that, I ask a lot of questions intuitively and I'm like looking at body language. And when I ask questions, when they're flowing and they just get, when someone gets lit up, you know, this is why I teach like five different ways of listening. And I'm sure there's much more than that. This is just where I am in my consciousness is because if you're able not to just communicate just with words, but you know, I can hear the unconscious, I can read body language, I can listen emotionally, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to read it all. I can pick up on where they, there's a lot of energy, right? Like yeah. they're just really in their joy. You know, you can feel it. There's a fire there. And I'm listening for those moments of fire. And then I'm bringing that forward to the person to see like, well, what do you think about this? And see where that lands. And then we just put words to it, you know, in like taglines and slogans and things like that. Yeah. So I've heard you say that it's important to give your message in a sentence. Right. So I'm a huge proponent 
and, you know, uh, in having a tagline, a slogan, because I feel like it is your anchor. It is literally your anchor. And you can also see it as like an umbrella. You know, this is the umbrella of your brand. And it also helps to, it's like your main thread. Think of a, your brand is a golden thread. And so if you have a tagline and, uh, you know, I say one sentence, but it could be two or three, but it's the main thing that you're constantly saying. So for mine is, mine is radiate your message to the world, ignite a movement. And I just added this recently, the world needs you now more than ever. And so I say that at, at the end of every video at, you know, when I'm being interviewed and people now know that, that that is my mission. That is my golden thread. That is what ties all my videos, podcasts, you know, everything that I'm doing together. So that becomes, you know, my, that becomes part of my brand. It becomes part of who I am. And so that's how you start to connect all that you do in this mess, in this one message. But then underneath that message, you have a lot of other messages. I teach that everyone should have a brand Bible or you, you have your brand house. It's two different metaphors, but they mean the same thing. You have your, so Lauren, you would have a brand Bible, your brand commandments, just like Moses had hit, you know, the Bible has the commandments. You would have your commandments that are related to your brand. And these are things that you constantly share. They're your, your inner wisdoms, your Lauren-isms, the things that make you stand out and are special and are unique to you. Just like a snowflake, you know, you think of a snowflake, we're all made of the same substances, but we have these little little intricacies, these little things that make us different. Well, that's what your Lornisms are, your your commandments are. Those are unique things that you say that make you stand out. And that's what we want to find for each person because we are all that unique. We are, you know, as within, as without. It's like the same. Yeah. Now, what would you, somebody who's, they can see themselves doing, you know, this kind of work and they want to speak and they have this message, but they're not acting on it. What would you tell somebody like that? And they're listening. They're like, yeah, I want to do it. And they don't take Mm -hmm. the action. Man, I, I struggle with this myself, you know, personally, like between you and I and everybody who's listening, I am going through it. You know, I turned 46 next week and I am literally I'm in a midlife crisis. Like I am reevaluating, you know, all that I'm doing and what I want to do. And I've definitely gone to that place of major self-judgment around procrastination and like beating myself up of not like getting there fast enough. You know, there's two things I want to point out. There is being stuck and you are literally stuck. You have stuck energy, stagnation energy in you, and you need to move that energy out in order to be a clear channel in order to then move forward towards your mission and creating that brand and and that beautiful business or whatever it's supposed to look like for you. And then there is the other side of that is truly organic timing. Just we are, I literally think we are all like plant, you know, there is, we do, we can't force our blossoming. There is something around the timing of when things are meant to happen in our lives. And it's this beautiful dance between the two. And really, ultimately, all you can do 
and for everyone who's listening, all of you is just, that's why I'm such a huge advocate around self-help and self-growth. It's like, if you can do anything, even if you're like gravitate to what makes you feel like you are healing your soul, your spirit, your body, it could be acupuncture. It can be, it could be tantra. It could be priesthood work. It could be yoga. It could be whatever. There's so many different technologies out there. Pick what you feel aligned to and hold that intention to move that stagnation energy out so that you can then get clear and be inspired and have that spark to then move forward. Because I've worked with tons of people who you know, came and they're like, I need to do a podcast. I need to do this. I need to check all the boxes because they're like, you know, they are in the world. They're not listening to their bodies. They're not listening to what their soul is saying. They just know they're supposed to be doing all of these things to be an influencer. And guess what? They don't even last three months because they're not really like maybe they needed to take a year off before they did this, right? And get clear. Or, you know, people who change their brand three times because they were sorry, I got to get out. You know, this is in, for those who are familiar with yoga, it's very much this yin and yang energy. It's this receptive and very much then like outward energy. And we need a balance of both. Yeah, it's very true. So what do you end up helping most people with? Yeah, I was thinking about that because believe it or not, I was, I did do a little, I'm a good little student. I even, I do a little interview prep because, you know, my memory is sometimes shocking. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to remember. She's going to ask me something. I'm not going to remember any client I've worked with or anything. And it's going to be one big blur. So many things. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So for Evan Carmichael, who's a YouTube star and Kayla Craft of Mommy Millionaire, she has like over a million downloads on her podcast and she's just a badass. Both of them are incredible humans. For them, the big piece I worked on was vulnerability. Was what? Real vulnerability. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is really funny because it's so much of that tantra training being able to be presented in a like professional, you know, it's more acceptable way, but it's really the same training of just being able to feel safe in your own being and drop into your heart and be able to share very intimately and create those connections with people and especially your audience. And so that was a huge piece for them. With Kayla too, I also taught coaching, that coaching method, I call it make a miracle happen in five minutes and how you're able to really just transform someone. And this was all through my just study of Mel Robbins and what she was able to do in my radio. And then some people are just so skilled already. They just need like structures and outlines and just, you know, more of that type of thing. So it's a little different for everybody. But I would say my sweet, sweet, sweet spot is definitely helping people be more vulnerable. And again, sharing the story behind the story, because oftentimes they'll share a story, but there's such a deeper story underneath that story that will create a greater connection. Yeah, no, that's really good. So do you have practices that you do on a regular basis? 
Yeah, my practice right now is taking my dog to the dog park every day. <laughs> no, that's that's so good. It's so important. You get outside, you're moving, and you're seeing other people, I would imagine, and interacting because of the dog. It's amazing. I am a huge animal, animal lover, and he. we got a golden doodle last year, and he's just, I never thought I could love, you know, an animal I that I much. do, I do, <laughs> yes. It's been very um, fun because everyone's bringing their dogs over here, so our dogs are playing with other dogs. It's, yes, it's been very fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is one piece for sure. I meditate. I also sit with a lot of shamans, and I definitely am in the plant medicine space for sure. I think that with Michael Pauling's book, oh, what's the name of it? I'm totally drawing a blank, but all of you listening, just Google Michael Pauling. So that is a huge piece as well. I have a lot of spiritual teachers that I work with to just help me. I mean, it's my church. You know, I don't go to you know, typical churches, I sit in, I sit in ceremonies, ceremonial space, either through ritual and sharing circles, or, you know, drinking plant medicines. So and been doing that for quite a bit. And I just feel like it's just been a way to clear my system and also elevate and expand my consciousness and also have participated in women's circles for over 15 years. So that's been a huge, just incredible place for healing and community. Do you have a message of hope you'd want to give? Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know what I was going to share today because sometimes it's like that whole story of like, you know, when I was 28, my message of hope is around letting go and not being attached to the way you think your life should be. My husband and I have had a journey of five years of trying to get pregnant two IVF treatments, a miscarriage. And we recently decided that we are not going to move forward anymore with that. And we had our anniversary on Friday and we were working with one of our spiritual teachers and I just had a huge let go, you know, just a huge, I was just in a space to really just cry and allow, you know, the grieving of that to leave my body. I was really attached to being a mom in that way really attached to being a mom and, you know, with a a physical child. And with all the work I've done and everything, it was hard to let go. It was really hard because like, I could literally count 15 friends who got pregnant over the last five years. And, you know, here I am, I'm a priestess and I'm this and I'm that, you know, I am like the epitome of like, I can create anything in my reality. And yet, you know, that, you know, we didn't create a child together. And it has been one of the most painful things I've had to deal with, this letting go and the surrender. Life sometimes takes you in other directions. And what I am hopeful for is the space that now is available or starting to be available because I want to be real. I'm still in my healing. I was joking that I'm just now getting over my midlife crisis. I was in my midlife crisis, but I'm starting to now like come out of my midlife crisis. But the space that's going to be available for me to, you know, really live my divine blueprint because I had a spiritual teacher and I hope this doesn't offend anyone who is going through this process because I know how painful it is. I had a spiritual teacher talk to a group and this woman was like, but he's my soulmate. He's my soulmate. And she's like, if he was your soulmate, you would be with him. <laughs> All right. Just period. Absolutely. You would be with him. Absolutely. I, it rained that kept coming into my mind around if I was meant to have 
a physical baby in this life, I, I would have one. There's something that is just not aligning and that's okay. And I can let that go and not think I'm not good enough or something's wrong with me or not, you know, providing some kind of value. I think as women, you know, it's still ingrained in us. I mean, like, you know, just even hundreds of years ago, men, kings were killing queens because they couldn't have children. Like, right, but this, the patriarchy has really, like, this has been a huge thing. And it's still like, that's ingrained in our psyche. And so that's been something I've had to dissolve. Well, marry a lawyer or a doctor. Was- yeah, exactly, Lauren. So, yeah. So my message of hope is it's not you know, we all know this, it's not about the destination, it really is the journey and just being present and loving life every day, and letting go of what you think your life is supposed to be, because spirit and the universe knows better. Even though if you're a control freak like me, total control freak trying to, you know, not be one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it goes with the gender. Uh, the only way through is through. That is one message I've gotten from interviewing everybody. And that we do get through. We get through all of it, even no matter mm. how painful. We get through all of it. And my message of hope, because I get interviewed a lot, is always that everything always works out. It just isn't on our timetable or how our limited vision sees it. So that is my truth. Yeah. So that is for sure. It's been so great talking to you. I just oh I just gosh. love you and I love your Lord. energy. I feel so blessed that I, I get to see you on a regular basis, see you virtually, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, you are doing such great work with these messages of hope. We need it now more than ever. Like we really do. Like people need to feel hopeful. Like the if you turn on, I can't even look at the news. It's so scary, right? Like it's like ah. <laughs> yeah. Like let's put out some more high vibe, conscious, hopeful messages. Definitely, let's raise the frequency. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was such an honor. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Janie's messages of communication, passion, and honesty. Such great messages to take into our week ahead. And it's really about self-honesty, getting true to what's really going on with us and the message that we want to provide to others. Be sure to join us in our Facebook group where we talk about gratitude and healing and reaching your biggest dreams. We're also having a monthly meetup in the 52 Weeks of Hope Facebook group with one of the guests leading each month in a healing modality. September is a cool breathwork session for you. So be sure to join the Facebook group for September's free breathwork session that we all get to do together. If you want to be in the know, get on the email list from the website at 52weeksofhope.com. And be sure to tune in next week for a motivational speaker, Paul Hensel. His near-death accident and his resulting obstacles and challenges are what he uses to inspire and really empower you to tell your story. Paul's story has been his ticket to speak on TED Talk stages and a lot of other stages. And he's here to inspire you to tell your story of how to do the same in next week's episode. He's so great. He talks about how all those hidden things that we don't talk about, how we need to talk about it and the best way to do that. It's just such a good, empowering episode. And that's next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell two of your friends as well as leave us a positive review. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.